Sometimes you lose. Sometimes you win it. We all have days where we step right in it. Here's my own mistake. Have you ever really messed up? You're in good company. Welcome to My Own Mistake, a podcast about the mistakes people make, shared by the people who made them. Here are your hosts, Stacy Kimball and Christy Spatafore. Ah, Christy! Hi, Stacey. Hello, there you are. How are you today? I am okay. How are you? Long, oh, well, good. Long holiday break is over, mm-hmm. and a new year has begun. It has. I'm not a resolution person. Well, it's the same every year. I'm going to lose weight and start walking every day. And, you know, it lasts about a week. And so and a, a week is better than, for than nothing. Day four, I'm doing pretty good. That's I'm great. Pretty good. How about you? How was your holiday? It was it was pretty good overall. I, I did not make overall. any resolutions. There you go. The resolution is go. to um, get through each day. <laughs> there you go. That's that's all you can do. <laughs> you know, speaking of um, resolutions, I resolve to have this human who is our guest today mm-hmm. as the most. I would love to see her on a Zoom screen every day of my I life. I know. I just adore her, and um, and I know you do too. I do. And I get a little verklempt when I think about how lucky we are that she's here today. I'm so happy. Oh my gosh! I'm so happy. Hi, Ayla is Jen Henry. Jen Henry. I am so so stoked to be here. Um, this is as good as it gets. So you have to understand, we can be on Zoom screens every single day if you would like. I'm not putting on a bra and makeup for you every day. Oh, was I supposed to do that? Really? Today? Mm. Um. I Sorry. guess I would be <laughs> Oops. too sad either. <laughs> okay. <But> just, <laughs> was that required reading today? Or? Well, I didn't get the memo, so I'm like, hey, I'm I'm <laughs> I have a lot of respect for these ladies and I love them so much. And the the thing the funny thing is though, you know me, so you were probably surprised to see me I was roll up onto the Zoom well, screen. I know. I'm in fact looking I, showered I, and whatnot. There may be a there may be a a, a, a screenshot of you wearing the the, the hot pink lipstick. I was going to say, I love the lipstick. The pink lipstick and is the, beautiful. the hair done mm-hmm. up and eye makeup. Are you wearing eye makeup today? Look I at am. that. Wow. I mean, she's, I feel like we're horribly underdressed, Christy. We are just I, terribly I did underdressed put on today. Lipstick, but that's about it. And it's pretty much gone now. So I took my hair out of a ponytail. My hair is down. We have that's squandered your respect for us. We're just <laughs> no, are you kidding? No, I, I've lost respect for myself because I'm like, <laughs> wow. No, never lose respect for yourself. I could have not. I could have, it, I could have not done this. We should have warned not that you I, that we're not video. We're just audio. And the thing is, is I knew that. I, I, I did know that because I listened to the podcast, and yet I had, I had a glitch. That's okay. That's okay. We're all glitchy. I had a glitch. We're all glitchy. That's why we're here. We're here because Jen Henry. We're going to drop the Dome of Disclosure. Bum bum bum. Dome of Disclosure. Yes. And no, what is? It It lives under a dome? It does. Your own <laughs> mistake. It is. It's, it's humid? Is it humid? Yeah, it makes the hair get dome? kind of curly. Under a dome. Yeah. Under, under a dome. dome. It's it, got to be. It's an air-conditioned dome. The humidity is okay. good for your skin, though, so maybe yeah, the humidity is okay. Oh, my gosh, how we digress. 
Okay. Um. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Did you? I'm sorry. Did you forget you who you invited? Let me. As retribution for, uh, I don't even know if I should tell this story. You understand that my entire life is a series of awkward moments and happy accidents, and it has all just sort of strung together into the fact that I'm still locked and upright. So, so I decided, all right, I'm going to appear showered and so forth and so on. <laughs> I have a few minutes. I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna grab, <laughs> grab some lunch, pop open a can of tuna fish, and you know, drain it, put it, put it in the bowl. And I must have gotten distracted, because that never happens. <laughs> and I, I go about my business. And, you know, I eat my tuna fish, go into the bathroom, start putting on my makeup, and I, I go to put lotion on for for primer. And I'm really just <laughs> and rub it in the circles just to get a moisturized because you know self care matters. And I'm like, that's it. <laughs> and I rubbed it in all around. I was like, oh, this feels so nice. I love this this CeraVe lotion. It's like, what? <laughs> okay, I'm rubbing tuna juice into my face. How did you replace your CeraVe? How did you not know? No, it was on my, it was still on my hands. Yeah. I had not <gasps> washed my, I, oh. I, I know I rinsed my hands, but I apparently did not wash them well enough to liberate them from, from the tuna juice. I don't, are we doing a poor count? Because really I had to scrub a few minutes before. <laughs> Maybe it was just still stuck in my nose. <laughs> so would you consider that a mistake or is that just a happy accident? That is my world. <laughs> that is your world. <laughs> that, is, that is a microcosmic glimpse into Jen. Do you own a cat? I do. Does your cat like you better today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you've discovered something. Like, maybe it's great for your skin. That might be. No, 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 because it smelled like backstage in 1987 at a freaking Motley Crue concert, okay? <laughs> Let's just say it. <laughs> oh, I can smell Let's it now. Let's just say it out loud. I mean, I don't, I don't judge. <laughs> if you would like oh, to smell God. like questionable choices and... Gosh, now I kind of want to change the title of our podcast to Questionable Choices. (laughs) Questionable Choices, yeah. (laughs) Questionable Choices and Happy Accidents. So what is your biggest question? What do you think? Voiceover-wise, have you ever made a mistake voiceover-wise that, because I... You know, I mean, everybody can, everybody goes, oh, I made a demo too soon. I didn't make a demo soon enough. I did this. I did that. I mean, everybody's kind of got the same stuff going on. But what's something that you really, really go, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should have kept my mouth shut. Or maybe I shouldn't have. Because of anybody I know, you are the one person who will. Or maybe I shouldn't have kept my mouth shut. Or Yeah, yeah. maybe I should have said something. Something. <laughs> You're talking to a woman that rubbed tuna fish into her face accidentally. Where would you like to start? <laughs> We're with you wherever I you mean, start, Jen. <laughs> how far down this hole you want to dig? Yes, all of those things are, 
are accurate. Um, a little niblet on the DIY demo. I have an extensive production background. Before before getting into voiceover, I have an extensive production background, which benefited me mm-hmm. hugely. Um, because right out of the gate, I could send out quality audio. The audio. I'm, I don't. I don't know. How, the voice work maybe maybe not was that gr- great, but the audio always put me above. Mm-hmm. I created my own demo very very early on. After one of my first events, I I reached out to Tom Deere and asked if he wouldn't mind or if I could pay him for a console, whatever the case was, to to listen to my demo. The very first thing he clocked was he he asked me if I had a background in radio, which is the kiss of death, if they can hear that you have a background in radio and some other specific things about it. And I saw him at Sovas in New York at the Guggenheim. So that was, it was roughly, it was at least 10 years since he had heard that demo and told me these things. He and I don't, we we know each other, but we don't see each other a lot. This conversation has not come up again. 10 years later, not only did he remember hearing my demo, he remembered elements of it that were problematic. When people tell you, people remember things Mm -hmm. and certain impressions stick. They're not blowing smoke to try to sell you something. Mm. Expensive Mm -hmm. demos are expensive for a reason. Yeah. And if you would, if you would like to not have somebody that you respect and admire, like Tom Deere say to you 10, 11 years later, wow, you know about that demo. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Listen to people who know that wasn't even the big mistake, but you, you drew on that. Um, my biggest... God, there are so many of them. Um, yeah, see, this is the shorter... This is the coolest yeah, part I, of having you it, on literally, here. Literally, where do you start? Well, we um, look at you, though, and we think Jen Henry is flawless. Mm-hmm. She has made no mistakes. Oh, yes. She's amazing. What could she amazing. have done wrong? Loved. Unicorn. You're amazing. And yet... So why, that's why, well, what are we going to hear from, you know? You, you say this like we've not met before. <laughs> you understand that that what the, I have hit the ceiling, I believe, at Hot Mess. <laughs> and that's great because that's a tremendous evolution from the time in my life that I would go as far back to reflect where I was a dumpster fire brimming with cabbage stuffed diapers on wheels it's it's so and there's been a lot of work and a lot of evolution Mm -hmm. psychological evolution getting your shit together evolution um making choices about how i want to see something and look at it and how i let things impact me how and how i will allow different things to affect my sphere and my Mm -hmm. space that said some things, at the very least early on, were inescapable. I think a lot of people don't talk about it, but a lot of people deal with it, again, especially early on, especially when you don't give the universe any other choices or safety nets or anything. You have two in diapers and unemployment's going to run out and so forth and so on. So I obsessed. I obsessed until I learned how to work the voice one, two, three system of its day. And probably thereafter, 
I was refresh, 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 you know, I waiting for the opportunity to see something had booked. Mm-hmm. And it was mentally consuming because all of my eggs were in that basket. It was detrimental to a lot of things. If nothing else, it was wholly detrimental to my headspace. Oh, yeah. Because my headspace was very much occupied by other things that needed my headspace. And I wouldn't let the other things that needed my headspace suffer for the fact that my headspace was filled with all this other shit. It's a small space packed very tightly with being a full-time mom and trying to just navigate everything. And the psychology behind what I was doing, because more than just the need to make a living, I needed to make a gen. Mm. And when my oldest was born, I really just did not give the universe any options. I was going to be home with them. Mm -hmm. And then we moved and I got pregnant with Andrew and not moving again, because apparently that's what causes it. (laughs) And had I even toyed with the notion of working outside the home before he went to school, when Andrew came along, that was, it was pretty much galvanized Mm -hmm. because I was one of those women that was told that I couldn't have kids. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get pregnant. And if I did get pregnant, that I wouldn't be able to support a healthy <clears throat> and so forth. And so when the kids made the scene, so this happened and I'm not going to work 14 hours a day at a radio station or in a medical office or whatever the case was. And this is just what had to happen. I didn't have a lot of support and encouragement. Mm-hmm. So that just compounded my need, not just for the money, but the validation of choice. Mm -hmm. I was compulsive about auditioning. I was obsessive about following up. And then because of what I still felt about myself, if I did book something, I was always afraid maybe they picked the wrong audition or emailed the wrong person. Mm. So it was complicated. It was complicated. And I still suffer with some imposter syndrome sometimes. Yeah, I was going to say, imposter syndrome is pretty common in this business. It, it is. And I think even probably the most successful people fall victim. They do. And that was really important for me to hear. Mm-hmm. I heard Yuri Lowenthal talk about it. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard Johnny Depp talk about it. Ted Danson. I mean, all of these people who are just utterly iconic still talk about dealing with imposter syndrome. It occurred to me one day in just the occasional heap of mess that I am that the reality that surrounded me was ultimately louder than whatever toxic voice and whatever toxic brain tracks I had in my head. And for me to do anything other than acknowledge this sense and this feeling, it's like, okay, this is here. I feel this. It's not accurate. I know that it's not accurate. Because for me to give in to that is blatant disrespect to everybody who has helped see me to where I am. Mm. Oh, that's, that's a great point. Re- that's really a great point. That's yep. brilliant. And and that was how that's how I combat that. And sort of from that place, I started mm. understanding how arrogant and sort of 
self-centered things like imposter syndrome can be and the bigger picture of apologism mm. Oof. doesn't it doesn't make us bad people it doesn't mean that we are arrogant people it means that there are mindsets that we have because we believe that or <clears throat> i believe that what i'm worth or this the space i take up or what i infuse in somebody's time day space occurrence something that happened to somebody something that happened to me something that might happen to a stranger that i've never met but i happened to have been in the store 3 days earlier and you know maybe if i had done something different there would have been a different mm-hmm. outcome the fact of the matter is i'm not that fucking important <clears throat> wow mm-hmm. i don't have that kind of control in other people's worlds. Mm -hmm. And from that, a new facet unfolded of, okay, so if I'm not actually the boss of somebody else and I'm not in control of their time, how can I apologize to somebody for taking up their time. Mm-hmm. And that occurred to me when somebody said to me one day, I am really sorry for taking up so much of your time. Mm-hmm. And I had an instant sense of indignance because they aren't in control of my time. Mm-hmm. So for you to tell me I'm sorry for taking up your time is tantamount to saying, I control you. And I'm, I'm responsible for the choices you make with your time or anything else. Oof, that's powerful. That's pretty heady stuff there. Mm-hmm. It's weird. And <clears throat> just that, that, that realization was so liberating. Mm-hmm. Once the, once that bandaid sort of get, gets ripped off of, because there's sort of a floundering, I think, effect because we get so, worn into patterns of thought and patterns of speech mm-hmm. where sorry becomes a comma, mm-hmm. you know. And it, then the word sorry itself loses meaning. It does. Mm-hmm. And when we believe that we're responsible for so many things, we're just thinking entirely too much of ourselves. Mm-hmm. There. I knew she would have a new perspective. Yep. I knew you would have a new perspective on something in in our lives. And I think that totally translates to everybody on the planet, especially artists, though, especially artists. Artists especially have imposter syndrome in spades. I think to a degree, imposter syndrome has a profound level of rational validation because what we do, what we do for a living is nuts. Mm -hmm. You've got to be a little bit cracked to believe that you can make a living doing what we're doing. (laughs) Absolutely. And totally to to, whether it's booking a a gig that is meaningful to you on a personal level or one of those great jobs that helps you with food and shelter. 
you kind of step it. Take, it's it's easy to take a step back and go, okay, so that just happened. Mm-hmm. What makes the best of us able to do what we do is that we don't necessarily know what the hell we do. So we don't know how we got someplace. Mm-hmm. And some people don't have support and validation in early years or coming through or they have really and they have relationships throughout their lives that just reinforce the wiring that we grew up with because that's what we do we seek out people who validate all the crap that we think <laughs> we seek we out are. our brains search for patterns we look for familiar things because it's the mm-hmm. pattern we know and it doesn't matter how much we say mm-hmm. i don't want this i don't want this I don't want this. And the older you get, the more ingrained those patterns tend to be. And the more we seek them out. Is that a good thing, though? I mean, I I think it can be a really good thing to... Is it a pattern that serves us? Yeah. I think is the question. I mean, we're all looking for my people. I want my people. You know, you're my people. And I think we're all looking for that. And sometimes it's probably not a good thing to be looking for your people. If your people are doing unhealthy things mentally or physically, but I think uh, in other, like in this world of voiceover, um, acting, theater, animation, whatever we're doing, um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to seek out our people. I'm really interested with the comment about people who are successful at this don't necessarily know what made them, (laughs) what they did to be successful. you said it more eloquently mm. than I just did because I've only been doing this in earnest for about three years. And I remember when I first really started doing it, it really felt like there were all these people saying, well, if you just do this, you know, step one, step two, step three, then you will be successful. You will have success if you do it this right. way. Um, I do not believe that. I didn't really believe it then, and I don't believe it now. I think there are lots of different ways to we say this often, this comes up a lot. There are lots of different ways to be successful in voiceover. Oh, Tom Tom Deere is absolutely, I think, one of the uh, uh, people who pushes that mm-hmm. thought a lot. And, and, and I agree. I, I re- you know, you also said something else, Jen, about um, broad, saying the word broadcasting. I have broadcasting in my background. Was it, it, when, I, when I, like 10 years ago when I was doing this, that was a kiss of death. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I and I kind of backed off of everything at that time a little bit because I was like, well, I guess I can't tell anybody I worked in broadcasting. But, oh. Yeah. And also, I, you know, I mean, it, it's it was. In, and I don't think that's maybe I'm... true anymore. I don't I don't know. Is it? Do you think that's I don't think I think those stigmas are coming away. I, I hope so. Right. I just I think I'm so far removed from it at this point yeah. that it doesn't necessarily occur to me to. I don't mention my radio background, but from a production perspective, uh, unless we're in a social situation, right. typically. I, I don't think I have that on a resume anywhere or... Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't because mine was so long ago that, yeah. you know, we were still using yeah, I'm just... tuning forks and <laughs> copper wire and <laughs> crystal sets to hear me on the radio. When it comes to people who, who lay out... Uh, do this, this, and this, and you'll be successful. There are people with fantastic work programs. Mm -hmm. There are people with fantastic 
horses, I, I use that word loosely, that can sort of help seed framework. There is no one way to become successful because the word successful is relative. Mm-hmm. And I feel that's a, a huge consideration that people don't make. They define success by what other people suggest it might be. Uh, I'll say in workshops, you know, what what is your definition of success? Mm-hmm. Everybody has a different answer. And absolutely nobody knows where that answer came from. So define success mm-hmm. and then figure out the best course to take to reach it. Success should never be represented by one big picture. That's a goal. You know, it's little strokes of success that create that bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is starting off and decide that they are not going to be successful until they make six figures a year or until they book a blue chip national or until they're in a triple A video game, just stop, mm-hmm. stop, change your mindset or just do something else mm-hmm. because you will just friggin' hate yourself for a long time if you have decided that you aren't successful until you have this thing or you have that thing. If you can stand up to the mic after a shit day or a shit week or after you've done a hundred auditions and not booked anything and you stand up and you can clear your head enough to give an honest performance and submit that audition, then you've done your job. Mm-hmm then you are successful at doing this because there's no telling what's on the other side mm-hmm. of it. Well, there you have it. Great advice. That's exactly, that's exactly what I expected to come from your lips today. Words <laughs> of wisdom. And that pink lipstick. Yep. It is called stripper pink, which makes me that much happier. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me that much happier. To know that Temu, too. <laughs> I paid like a dollar for it. It's one of those. It's one of those makeups that that in the course of the conversation about it, you're like, oh, thank you. I love it. Once it stops burning, it doesn't come off. Um, you know, and really, I should be mature enough. It's, I have a bag of Mac, of Mac makeup, and then I have my Temu makeup. <laughs> And all of it, it's like, it's makeup that I will not fall asleep in because I've fallen asleep in, a, in the eyeshadow once and woken up like, oh, um, oh gee, that's healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not. And it's a dollar. So it, we, we make our choices. Yep. And uh, I mean, this is this is one molecule away from interior house paint or some shit. And uh, <laughs> but it's called stripper pink. And it's a and, beautiful color. Well, and it it's a beautiful color. And it, and you, and it makes me are, feel you are a beautiful person, yes. and we want to thank you for being thank here today so much. Today, so much. We will put all of your contact information, and I know you do some coaching and things like that, so we will put all of that into the, are you ready? Show Jazz notes. hands, everybody. Show <laughs> notes. Show notes. There we go. Um, yes. Christy, another, here we go. 2024, a new year of yep. podcasts for you us. You guys are phenomenal. Thank Jen, thank you. You are my heart. <laughs> I love you so <laughs> much. You. Here, well, let's do that weird arthritic heart <gasps> oh. thing all together. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. There, yeah, I can't even do it. Okay, there, there we go. Oh, wow. I'm the only one who's yeah. getting the hearts. The... Y'all need to update. I think y'all need to update your, um, your yeah, Zoom. Yeah, I don't get the yeah. heart. That's why I'm, yeah. getting, I'm doing the heart. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Jen. See you soon, guys. Bye-bye. See you all. Thanks for listening to My Own Mistake with Christy Spadafore and Stacey Kimball. 
I'm Vince Yuri, and I hope that you'll join us next time to hear more stories about more mistakes. <laughs>